You're listening to audio from Shandon Baptist Church. If you'd like to check out more resources from us, please visit our website at shandon.org. So in Isaiah chapter 6, you're familiar with this. Um, The prophet says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. Shandon has uh, a beautiful sending culture, and we're seeing that in waves, in waves. And we're experiencing that uh, both in terms of the big picture of what God is doing among us, and we're so excited about that, but we're also seeing that individually, and we're hearing those stories, and it's beautiful to hear every week of stories of how God is sending the people of Shandon into places not just here in Columbia, but around the world. And tonight, we have an opportunity to acknowledge one of our own who has been here since before birth, is a part of this church, and that is Chris Richards. And Chris um, was baptized in December of 1988, but was enrolled in Sunday school in utero, because I'm sure your mom made sure that happened. That's right. So we had the paperwork and the card, and someone signed it, and it was done right. So uh, this is a beautiful story, really having been born here, been born again here, and then here recently having received a call that is really a culmination of a 20-year journey in Chris's life. And so we celebrate that tonight. In case you're wondering, we are licensing Chris to the gospel ministry tonight, and licensing essentially means that there has been evidence of a call to ministry, and the church is formally acknowledging that and affirming that call in this person's life. And of course, we're talking about Chris, but this is a beautiful first step in what many would call ordination. And so our goal tonight is to affirm what God is doing in Chris's life and how he has called both uh, he and his family to Pittsburgh, to Steel City Church, You'll hear a little bit more about that tonight, but we're excited about what God is doing. Licensing is a function of the local church, and so the local church gets to decide how that happens. This does not come through any governing body other than our own. And so the voice of those who sat just a few moments ago in the licensing council, many men who have poured into Chris's life have been instrumental to him as a mentor and as leaders, have all affirmed their belief that Chris has evidenced a call to ministry, and so we are here to affirm that publicly. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 says this, Chris, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And I think everyone here that knows Chris knows that he has been an example to the flock for the duration of his time here at Shandon. And so, Chris, we're excited about what God is doing. Grateful that all of you are here to witness this because this is a meaningful moment in the life of our church, and we get to do this as a congregation. So it's my privilege to have George come and issue the charge to the candidate. George. And I'm going to look at a few verses that I, I think will be familiar to many I know these verses are familiar to Chris. Now, I'm going to start with the verse that's kind of the quintessential student ministry verse, and you spend a lot of time in student ministry. Uh, so that's where we'll begin, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. 
But before I I read this and walk through a few verses in this charge, Chris, I do just want to say to you before the folks that are here tonight, we are so thrilled at what God is doing in your life and the step of faith that is encouraging and challenging so many uh, as we watch the two of you together uh, leading your family into this great adventure. And just, man, we are with you. We love you guys and just so thankful to see what God's doing in your life. The scripture says here in this, this passage that really is a charge to uh, a new minister, a new pastor, Timothy, a young man in ministry, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I realize you're really not a young man anymore. I mean, 38 years old. In fact, Andy Davis said in our licensing council just a moment ago, you're officially an adult. Um, and yet, as you dive into, as you dive into ministry, uh, you are young in ministry, so to speak, full-time gospel ministry. And so this word of challenge is such a gift to anyone diving in to full-time gospel ministry because the Apostle Paul is reminding us here as a minister of the gospel, you are an example. Whether you like it or not, you are an example. People are going to look at your life. They're going to look at the way you live. The things that you say, the way you conduct yourself, the way you love others. They're going to look at your faith. They're going to look at your purity. They're going to actually look to you and wonder, is this okay? Is he doing that? So can I do it? Your life is an example as a minister of the gospel. And when you step into this calling and you step into this role, the things that you say and the way that you live and the way that you conduct yourself they start to carry a little greater weight, and that can be challenging at times. But that's the mantle of leadership. And that's part of the calling that God has placed on your life as you step into this role. And so I would just say embrace the invitation to live as an example. This is a gift from God to those who are looking at your life, but also a gift from God to your life in calling you up to something even greater, to set an example through the way you live and this privilege that we have to point others to the good news of the gospel. And then in verse 13, Paul writes to Timothy, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. One of the things that is so evident in your life, Chris, is your love of the Word of God. And it just oozes out of you. And anyone who knows you knows that you are a student of the Word of God. Coming from the education world where you've been as a principal, we also know you are gifted in teaching and gifted in communicating. That's part of what you've been doing. And God has wired you for that task. And so what a tremendous blessing it is to bring this gift of teaching from the education world into this passion of teaching the Word and now officially being handed the mantle, so to speak, to communicate the Word in such a way that the body of Christ is edified, is growing, is challenged, is encouraged through the things that you say. This is a reminder here that God's Word is our power source. It is our authority, the foundation on which we build our lives and certainly the foundation on which an effective minister of the gospel is built. So I know you know this, 
But man, cling to the word. There is nothing like the word of God. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. Exposit the word of God. Teach the word of God in all that you do. For the word brings with it authority and power that you will never have apart from the word of God. So cling to the word in all that you do. And then verse 14, do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Now, we had this privilege tonight to pray over you, to lay hands on you uh, in, in a safe and sanitary way. I mean, you know, we're not going to sneeze or cough or rub any snot on you tonight because that's important. But we are having this service tonight and praying for you specifically because we see God's hand on your life. It's awesome to see what Paul said to Timothy. I mean, this gift has been given to you by God and it is affirmed and prophetically spoken over you through the elders laying their hands on you and praying for you. And so I would just say this is an opportunity to lean into this calling. And don't be timid about the gifts God's given you. Don't be shy or bashful or even embarrassed about the gifts that God has given you. These are supernatural. These are from the Lord. They are being used for the work of the ministry and for the glory of God. So lean into the gifts that God has given you. Do so in humility. For these gifts are not for selfish gain. They are for kingdom advancement. So embrace the gifts, lean into these spiritual gifts and use your gifts for the glory of God. You are a steward of what God has entrusted to you. Steward it well. Verse 15, Paul writes to Timothy, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. And this is a verse that I absolutely love as Paul is challenging and calling Timothy out, so to speak, in this role of ministry. This really is a great verse for anyone in full-time ministry because I believe one of the greatest gifts that you can show those that you lead and those who are under your influence is to show them that you are growing in grace. A minister who acts like he's already arrived is a, ministry, a minister who is quickly becoming a Pharisee. But a minister who is aware of his need to grow in the gifts of God's grace, to continually be challenged himself, to live in this already but not yet, that is a minister that invites others into the process of discipleship and sanctification. Let others see the great work that God is doing in you. Let others see that you are not the man you were last year, but you're also not the man that you're going to be next year. And that growth is still happening in your life. For when growth is alive in you, it is contagious to those who follow you. So be a minister of God's grace that others may see progress in your life and see that God is at work in you, finishing what he started. Stay committed to learning. Stay committed to growth that the people of God can see your faith. And then finally, verse 16, before we pray over you, I'll share this. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, Paul says, for by doing so, you will both save yourself and your hearers. 
There's another translation of the Bible that says, guard your life and doctrine closely. Here's the reminder. There's not a person who steps into full-time gospel ministry believing that they are going to crash and burn. There's not a person that answers the call to full-time gospel ministry believing that one day they're going to do something or teach something that will cause them to be disqualified. And yet it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Now the goal when we start in full-time gospel ministry is to finish that ministry faithfully for the end of our days to the end of our lives to be faithful to the end. That's the goal. But the enemy of God wants to do all that he can to take you out, to lead you to a place where you will compromise sound doctrine, to lead you to a place where you will compromise yourself, to lead you to a place where you are disqualified to be a minister of the gospel. And the way that you stay faithful to the end is to keep a close watch on your life and your teaching. To keep a close watch on your life and your doctrine. To stay grounded in the word. To stay passionate about the gospel. And to stay aware of your personal need for the grace of God every day. And as you do, The scripture says your life will point others to the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And that's, I know, the desire of your heart. Guard your life and doctrine closely. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. And may the grace of God abound in you more and more. May the grace of God cover you as you follow, as you lead, and as you serve for the glory of God. We are excited, excited at what we see in your life and excited at what God has already done in and through you and excited about the days ahead and the lives that will change. We were talking about this in our council meeting just a moment ago, but as Chris and their family and Billy and their family land in Pittsburgh and this new work begins where they're going to be in Pittsburgh, they will be in a place where God will use their life to raise up first-generation believers. Their church will be filled with first-generation believers. What a privilege to break the cycle of darkness, the cycle of sin, to push back what the enemy has established, and to shine the light of the gospel where the need is great. What an awesome, awesome gift. So we want to pray over you to that end. So why don't y'all just come right up front here. We'll, we'll turn a couple chairs around so you can... Well, Father God, we are so grateful for a privilege like tonight to step into what you are doing and what you have already done, and the calling that is so evident on Chris's life, and the way you have affirmed this calling over and over again, and blessed he and Rachel as they are stepping out on faith. And so, Lord, we just give you all the praise and honor and glory tonight 
for what we are seeing alive and well in their life, in their marriage. And we pray that you would use them for your glory. Lord, we are so thankful for the example that they have set and the step of faithfulness that they are modeling. And we ask your hedge of protection. We pray your provision. We pray wisdom and discernment and all the details of decisions that need to be made. And we pray above all that you would use their lives to point many people to the good news of Jesus Christ. We we are excited to think about those who will come to faith in Christ because of their faithfulness. And we pray that it would be so. We are so grateful for your mercy and grace over us and for inviting us into this beautiful, beautiful story of your mission. And we just pray that you would continue to use us as a church to point others to the good news of Jesus Christ. This has been a beautiful night and we're thankful for it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.